0: In today's show, we're going to go back and look at everything that's happened throughout NBA free agency. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Free agency is basically in the books. There are a few moves that need to be uh, executed. There might be some trades going down. Ben Simmons, probably the most likely. I don't think Bradley Beal is getting traded. Damian Lillard. Perhaps, but I think the Simmons one is probably the most likely out of those three to go down. And some, yeah, restricted guys that still don't have some homes. But let's just go through and recap what teams have lost, what teams have gained in terms of free agents uh, for this upcoming NBA season. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. In comes DeLon Wright and Gogi Jeng, and they lose Tony Snell, Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, and Nathan Knight. I think overall, it's an upgrade for the Hawks, bringing in DeLon and Gorgi Jing to be the backup center and DeLon Wright to be a backup point guard, I guess. Now, the guard, backup guard situation is interesting. Reddish, Herder, DeLon, and Lou Williams. One of those guys isn't going to play most nights would be the guess. So that's interesting, but just gives them more depth. I think undoubtedly, based on their transactions here, the Hawks got better and they didn't really do a huge amount. They brought back John Collins, of course. I think this is a really strong free agency from the Atlanta Hawks to bring in your Gorgui Dieng, De'Lon Wright. They're not big names, they're not huge um, game changers, but upgrades on what on considering what they lost. I think those are pretty decent, um, pretty decent uh, upgrades there for the uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. Let's look at the Boston Celtics. Now they've had a lot more in terms of changes on this squad. With, uh, of course, the most recent move there being Dennis Schroeder coming in. Um, you know, I didn't think Schroeder was worth the money that he wanted to get, but he didn't get it, so that's fine. Um, he bet on himself; it didn't work out. That's sometimes what happens. But the value that he comes in there to be, I think, the backup. He might start next to Marcus Smart, and they bring Josh Richardson off the bench. But I do think that they will. Um, I do think they will start. Uh, Smart and Richardson and bring Schroeder off the bench. Richardson's another guy they brought in. They brought in Al Horford who I think is going to be their starting center and I think they'll still bring Rob Williams off the bench. They brought in Ennis Cantor to be a third string center. Won't necessarily play every night. Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando. So, you know, some impactful rotation guys there in Schroeder, Richardson and Horford. Is it is it making them better from where they were last year? I would say probably in the in the overall scheme of things, Yes. They lose Kemba Walker, they lose Evan Fournier, who they only really had at the end of the year, and he didn't produce huge amounts there. Tristan Thompson, Luke Kornet, Tremont Waters, Shemi Ojale, Taco Fall—they're all gone uh, in uh, in Boston. So you're yeah, getting Horford, Schroeder, Richardson, basically replacing Walker, Fournier, and Thompson. I-, I do think that it is a net win for Boston, and they get marginally stronger. It's not a it's not a huge huge increase in what they what they're able to do through free agency this year, I do think that they get marginally stronger. Yeah, again, they only had Fournier for a little bit. Kemba was uh, injured a lot and limited quite a bit. Yeah, I do think that overall. that overall, overall is an upgrade for Boston. This is when, and we're going to talk about this later, but when people you know, really hype up the Bulls. I saw someone doing an NBA power rank and had Bulls at 10 in the overall NBA. And there's a chance they're not even the 10th best team in the East, to be honest. Because, yeah, again, teams like Atlanta, I think, got better. Boston got better in this offseason um Chicago definitely got better but do they get better enough to be a top 4 seed top 5 seed in the east i don't think so but that's uh, that's getting off track let's go to the Brooklyn Nets they bring in Patty Mills they bring in James Johnson They also bring in Javon Carter in a trade for Landry Shamet. So Mills is a really, really big move, like getting him in there. James Johnson comes in basically to replace Jeff Green and Javon Carter in that Landry Shamit deal. So they they did get some... Paddy Mills, one of the most underrated offseason signings. But it's not as though they didn't lose um, a bunch, because they did. Jeff Green is gone. He was a key piece in what they did. My name is Jeff. You probably... You hope James Johnson can replace that? Not necessarily that he does. Spencer Dinwiddie, who they didn't have last season, he is gone. Landry Shamit, Tyler Johnson, Timotei Lawaiu Cabarro, Chris Chiozza and Mike James. So those last three, not really that important. Johnson, not really that important. And you're replacing your Johnson, Lawaiu Cabarro, James Chiozza minutes with Paddy Mill. So that's a big upgrade. Yeah, Shamit for Carter. It's defense for offense. The Dinwiddie one hurts, but he it was always going to be impossible to retain him given the situation with his contract and his role on the team. And then green to James Johnson is probably a downgrade. So while I think the Nets may have gotten maybe marginally worse just from losing out on Dinwiddie, that was never realistic to keep him there. So overall getting Mills, James Johnson in, I think it's a pretty solid uh, free agency from Brooklyn. And yeah, wouldn't say that it makes them significantly stronger, but to me, they are the clear favorite in the Eastern Conference. And if I had to pick, which I'm not going to do at this point, but if you want to put early money on NBA championship, to me, it is uh, at this stage, Brooklyn pretty clearly as uh, as the favorites for the NBA title at this point. Now, if you are one of those people, and there are plenty of you around there, that has to deal with hyperhidrosis, excessive sweating, I've got the product for you, Sweatblock, it is doctor-created, doctor-recommended. They are antiperspirant wipes. They've got a range of stuff, but the wipes is really what I want to tell you about. But you wipe wipe your pits, and it works for seven days, up to seven days. That's amazing. You don't, you're not putting deodorant on every day, and sometimes you'll put on heavy-duty deodorant, and you're still sweating through it. You're making a presentation at work, or you're talking on camera like I am now. No one likes to have embarrassing stains of sweat or be just drenched in that uncomfortable feeling. So sweat block is something that you should be looking at. It is stronger and more effective than most clinical antipers, which is simply applied at night before bedtime, go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, wash, and you go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon or CVS. sweatblock.com, promo code LOCKEDON, and you get 20% off. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Hey, for those of you, guess in, in the YouTube comments or on Twitter, do you know what who my uh, Major League Baseball team is? Yes. Anyway, for all the latest news, odds, and info all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, PGA, Golf, NBA, Summer League, or all of your UFC, MMA action, before that next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's go on to the uh, the next team, and let's go to the Charlotte Hornets, who bring in Kelly Oubre Jr., who is going to be in a bench role almost almost assuredly. They bring in Mason Plumlee, who I do believe will be their starting center. He could come off the bench if they decide to start PJ Washington and Miles Bridges at the four and the five. They also got Wes Wundu as part of the Devontae Graham deal, so... Um, yeah, some pretty significant moves there. Now, in terms of the guys that they lost, we are losing Devontae Graham again, much like Spencer Dinwiddie. His role wasn't yeah you know, what it, what it needed to be, and they weren't going to overpay for that. Um, I think they probably uh, oh, I forgot to include it on that on that list of oh, did I have it there? I did forget to include it. My apologies. Ish Smith also joining the Charlotte Hornets. Ish Smith's on this list, so they replace. Um, Devontae Graham with Ish Smith, Cody Zeller gets replaced by Mason Plumley. That's an upgrade. Malik Monk basically replaced by James Booknight from the draft. Biumbo, Brad Wanamaker, and Kayla Martin are gone. So I think getting Plumley in over Zeller is maybe an upgrade. I'm not convinced 100% that it is. It probably is, but Plumley is also a weird sort of defensive fit and a guy that thrives when the ball's in his hands as a distributor, which you don't need when you've got LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. So not really sure how that works. Losing Malik Monk who is better than James Booknight at this point. Um, and Devontae Graham is better than Ishmith, even though he's got some poor shooting. So while I think that Charlotte will improve through improvements from Lamelo Ball, improvements from Miles Bridges, and the the addition of Kelly of Oubre is, is the big one there. There is still some concerns there about how Mason Plumley works and how Ishmith goes as the backup point guard. But I think overall, you would say that the Zalata Plumley, if it is a downgrade, it's not a huge one. Um, the addition of Kelly Oubre probably makes it overall a win for Charlotte, who, again, should be pushing themselves into the play playoff or play-in mix or definitely the, you know, into that eight-seed zone, I would say, uh, for this upcoming season. Let's talk about those Chicago Bulls. And their roster is not full at all. I think they've got 11 blokes signed, which is really holding up my basketball monster projections at this point because really hard to project a team when they don't even have a full rotation and one of those guys is Kobe White, who's not going to be ready to start the season. They bring in Tony Bradley, they bring in Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Demar DeRozan, and most likely, Marcos Simonovic. That hasn't been confirmed. He hasn't signed a contract. He's playing with their summer league team at the moment, but we assume that he will join the team. That's There's another one of those guys for the Celtics, Yamada, who, who could be joining the team. I don't know yet. So getting Lonzo in, getting DeRozan in, getting Caruso in, they're, they're, that's a big deal but it's not like they didn't lose any players because they did. They lose Thad Young, Al-Farouk Aminu, Thomas Sadaransky, Garrett Temple, Daniel Tice. They all, four of those five were rotation guys last year. Denzel the Hammer-Valentine, Chris Felizio, Ryan Archidiacano, Adam Makoka are all gone. Valentine could return very, very easily. And the big question mark is Lowry Markin, who's still out there with a restricted free agency offer sheet, qualifying offer. Maybe he's back to be the backup power forward, but that's still up in the air. The Bulls undoubtedly got better by getting Alonzo uh, Ball, Alex Caruso, and DeMar DeRozan. They, you know, losing Thad Young hurts. Losing Sadoransky, I think, and, and Temple, who are really solid ball-handling guards who with defensive ability. But again, Caruso and Alonzo Ball probably limit that. I don't really know how DeRozan fits. Tice was really good for them, but he's not a long-term solution. And then the marketing question, who in a large role probably hurts a team more than he helps them. So I think it's fair to say or easy to say the Bulls got better in the offseason does it elevate them to a top 4 Eastern Conference seed no top 6 probably not really Milwaukee Brooklyn Philadelphia Boston Atlanta the Knicks the Pacers you could make an argument that they're better than the Pacers but are they probably but I'm still I'm still not convinced but they did get better I think that's that's undeniable Let's look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not much happening there. Ravishing Rick Rubio joins. They lose the artist formerly known as Torian Prince. They lose Isaiah Hartenstein, who opted out of his contract and now hasn't found a new deal. The team should be trying to get Hartenstein. And Matty Della Vadova has uh, returned to Australia to play in the NBL. Rubio over Prince is an upgrade. They had absolutely no backup point guard last year. They really don't have a backup two or three at the moment, unless you're including Chetty Osman or CD Osman, the Discman, in that uh, in that zone. But Rubio for Prince is an upgrade. Delivered over really struggled last year. Hartenstein, I think is really solid, but of course bringing him back or bringing in Evan Mobley means you don't really need uh, Isaiah Hartenstein there. But I'd like to see him get a deal somewhere else. But overall, I think it is an upgrade, and then you're hoping for internal improvement there for Cleveland. For Dallas, they bring in Reggie Bullock. They bring in Sterling Brown. And they bring in the C-parter, Moses Brown. Um, I'm not convinced Brown is going to even play every night on this squad. Bullock is um, an interesting situation for them. Now, they they lose JJ Reddick. They lose Josh Richardson. Reddick was sort of in and out of the rotation there, but they they lose Richardson. So Bullock and Brown are basically replacing Richardson. Is that an upgrade? It is in terms of shooting for sure. Um so did Dallas get better? Maybe marginally so. They, they probably got marginally better just by getting more shooting around Luka Doncic, but it's not huge. They also lost Nicola Meli, who's gone back to Europe, and then Tyler Bay, who was like a 35th pick or something in last year's draft, and he's just gone. They signed him to a two-way, which was weird for a guy picked that high, and then uh he's gone. So they're really disappointing for Tyler Bay to not even be uh brought back for a second season. So he is uh he maybe they decide to bring him back later, but he is out at this point in Dallas. So, yeah, marginal improvement, I think, there for them this offseason, not not huge at all. You just It's bullock for Richardson, really, and then adding Sterling Brown as a uh, as a backup guard wing player. The Denver Nuggets, not massive in terms of what happens there for for changing with them. Um, Jeff Green comes in. My name is Jeff. They lose JaVale McGee. They lose Shaq Harrison. They also lose Paul Millsap. Um, we don't know where Millsap is going at this point. Maybe Millsap comes back, but I, I, they've got like 15 contracts. I don't think that Millsap is coming back for Denver. So, losing McG- Harrison's not a big deal. Losing McGee, not a big deal either. Um, Jeff Green basically replacing Paul Millsap. I, I do think that that is a loss for Denver. And of course, having no Jamal Murray to begin the season is not great. So, I think they probably got a little bit worse this season. Yeah, Jeff Green's pretty solid. But I think Milsa is still probably better than him at this point. And he didn't do anything to address the fact that Jamal Murray's not there. You're just bringing back, you got Morris and Kampazzo and you brought back Austin Rivers and you drafted Bones Highland, who I think's going to be good and going to be a steal in the draft, but not sure he's going to have too much to contribute immediately. The Detroit Pistons, they bring in Kalli They bring in Trey Lyles. They lose Mason Plumley, Dennis Smith Jr. and Wayne Ellington. And the free agency or restricted free agency of Hamadou Diallo is still unresolved. I am led to believe that Hamadou Diallo, MC Hamadou Diallo will be back on this team. Where the hell he fits in the rotation is anybody's guess. Allington was a starter for a big chunk of last season. We know that. And yeah, it obviously frustrated us to no, uh, to no end that he was getting those minutes. But o- Linux replacing Plumley, I think Kelly Olenek's a better player than Mason Plumley. They probably won't start Kelly Linick. He'll come off the bench, I would think, behind uh, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming glass. Dennis Smith doesn't offer anything. Wayne Allenton, good shooter, but you know, you've, you've got some uh, a guy that came in with the number one pick who's going to take that spot. And that's why I'm not sure where Diallo sits. Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson still around. You get a healthy season of Killian Hayes. So where does Diallo actually fit in that rotation? Because it means Josh Jackson, Frank Jackson, Diallo, they all can't play every night. One of those guys is going to uh, going to miss out. I don't know who it's going to be, and it's going to be interesting to see, but one of those guys, or maybe two of those guys are going to miss out on a nightly basis. They also brought back Corey Joseph. Don't forget that. Awesome. And uh, Scooter Magruder for some reason. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You might've seen this across social media, tape, but Bill Bar paid for the scholarships to I think 36 walk-ons at BYU. Awesome stuff, but not only that, they have delicious flavors. Coconut, raspberry, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, their protein bars taste amazing. But not just are they the best tasting protein bars ever, they're healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 per bar, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Order today and you can get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry flavor or whatever flavor you like straight to your home. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team as well. So go to built.com. use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's go to the next team we're going to look at here and that is the Golden State Warriors. They bring in Otto Porter Jr., Nemanja Bielica. They bring in Chris Chiozza on a two-way and they also return Andre Iguodala to this team. Now, Iguodala... I'm not convinced is going to be an every night rotation player, nor am I convinced that Jonathan Kaminga is going to be an every night rotation player, but uh, they're going to be battling out. There's a chance that their best lineup includes Otto Porter starting with Draymond Green at the five, but they're probably going to go back to um, James Wiseman in that position, old uh, old Blunty. Where are you now? If Porter's healthy, he's a pretty significant addition. They did lose some, some pretty good players though, or some useful players. Kelly Oubre. Um, Kent Bazemore, the triangle, Eric Pascal, Jordan Bell, Nico Mannion, Alan Smilicic. Those guys aren't useful. But Bazemore and Ubre were big contributors there uh, across the wing or on the wing for this team. And they are no longer there. So overall, you know, Porter for Ubre, Bielica and Bazemore or Bielica for Pascal. I think the big. Key there, of course, for the Warriors is bring. or eventually, Clay Thompson returns, which won't be on opening night. Um, but I wouldn't say that they necessarily got better. If Porter is healthy, he is a better player than Newbury but that's a massive, massive if at this point. The Houston Rockets. The only real free agency move that they've done is brought in uh, Vanilla Tice. I don't 100% understand the move. I know Tice is a really good defender, can be a good culture setter, but you drafted two centers. Alperen Sengun, Usman Garuba. J. Sean Tate played most of his minutes at the 4 last year. Uh, are they going to start Tyson Wood? And then Garuba doesn't play. Sengun off the bench. you got Tate playing at the 3 instead of the 4. Where's Eric Gordon fit in? Their rotation's a mess at the moment. They do lose Kali Olenek, who started next to Wood at the end of last season. Sterling Brown, Avery Bradley, Dante and DJ Wilson. Bradley's still not signed anywhere. That's because he's not very good anymore. Dante Exum still not signed. He struggled. He plays well in the Olympics and struggles in the NBA. Sterling Brown was in and out of their lineup. Um, yeah, it's really, it's Tice for Olynyk. Tice is not as good as Olynyk, I think. Better defender, worse offensive player. Um, their big move, of course, is improving through the draft. Yeah, but overall in free agency, you'd say they probably they probably got worse just for a Tice-Olynyk swap, but it's not really the big deal. Yeah, because the amount of rookies coming through and the you know, injured players returning, yeah, they should be better than what they were last year. The Indiana Pacers, not much movement on their, their end. Uh, Tori Craig comes in as a free agency signing. They lose Doug McDermott. They lose Aaron Holiday, Jakar Sampson, and Cassius Stanley. So it's really Craig for McDermott and Holiday. Your holiday can be replaced by draft players. Uh, Chris Duarte. Not that I think he's necessarily going to play uh, every night. Craig for McDermott is defense for offense. Do I think they got better there? Probably not. But Miles Turner healthy. T.J. Warren healthy. New coach in Rick Carlisle. Overall, you would suggest that they are better this season. Um, and having just Craig. Craig may not even play every night. To be honest, with, with how this team is set up. But just having that defensive guy there is uh, is useful. The LA Clippers, you know, minimal moves as well in terms of bringing new players in. Justice Winslow comes in. Of course, they brought back Reggie Jackson, Kawhi Leonard to re Nick Batum was brought back. They also lose Patrick Patterson and DeMarcus Cousins hasn't been re-signed. Maybe they bring Cousins back to be a third string center. Um, but at this point, there's been no movement on Boogie. Winslow should be in the rotation as a backup wing and you know, not fully replacing Kawhi Leonard. Of course, there'll be more Batum and Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson who are taking on that extra role there, I would think. Let's go to the other LA team, and there is obviously a lot that happened here. They bring in Trevor Ariza, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, the Duke Wayne Ellington, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, Dwight Howard, and Kent Bazemore. That's a lot. You're getting guys like Ellington, Monk, especially on a minimum deal, Nunn on a pretty cheap contract. Dwight Howard, for his role, is probably better than Andre Drummond as a backup center. Might even be third-string center if they finally decide to start Anthony Davis. Yeah, you would say... I didn't think the Lakers last year were constructed particularly well. I would say that they improved. Does it make them the favorites in the NBA? No. Can they be the favorites in the Western Conference? I haven't quite worked that out because no Kawhi means that they're probably better than the Clippers. Is Phoenix going to be returning as the favorites? Maybe, I don't know, Denver with no Jamal Murray? Maybe not, probably not. I would have to say that they probably are the favorites, but I still don't love the fit of Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Um, the rotation. One of these guys, Mallow, Allington, Monk, Nunn, Bazemore. One or two of those players isn't going to play every night. They, they just can't. Without, like these are, They've got 12 guys who played like 20 minutes a night last year. And that will not happen this year. Yes, there'll be injuries. But if we're talking about a healthy squad, two of those guys won't play every night. They lose. Kyle Kuzma. He was okay as a bench player. He's not particularly good. Dennis Schroeder, their starting point guard, as much as I think the Westbrook fit is iffy. He's a massive upgrade over Schroeder. Montrez Harrell was out of the rotation in the playoffs. Andre Drummond was out of the rotation in the playoffs. I think losing Kentavious Caldwell Pope and Alex Caruso is actually pretty big. I think that's actually a pretty big deal because their defensive guard play, Nunn, Monk, Allington, Westbrook, is actually horrendous, whereas Caldwell Pope and Caruso, really good defenders. The loss of Markeith Morris, um, Wes Matthews, Ben McLemore, Jared Dudley, Alfonso McKinney. Now, I think you know, Matthews, is a, they can still possibly bring him back, but is there enough playing time there? So while Kuzma, Schroeder, Harrell, not huge losses when you're replacing them with even Carmelo Anthony or Russell Westbrook, I think yeah, you know, Mallow and Kuzma, maybe there's an upgrade there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure there is, but perhaps. But the loss of KCP and Caruso uh is tough to overcome and I don't think that none monk Allington that's some shooting, but defensively, you could be in real trouble there. And, and I think that's why I'm less interested in saying that the Lakers are the guaranteed favorites. To, to me they're not. They are they should be one of the best two three teams in the West, would be my guess at this point. But you know, there are still a lot of problems with that roster in my opinion. Let's look at the Memphis Grizzlies. And what they decided to do, they bring in Steven Adams, they bring in Eric Bledsoe, and I honestly have no idea uh, if Eric Bledsoe is going to play on this team. At this point, I don't think that he is, but as every day passes, it's getting more likely that he's going to be on the roster. But even then, I'm not sure where there's a rotation spot. Or uh, they need to cut guaranteed deals to keep him on the team. And they also bring in Sam Merrill, who's not going to play. They lose Jonas Valanciunas, and they lose Grayson Allen. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. Adams for Valentunas is a downgrade. Allen for Merrill is a downgrade, but losing Allen means that you play Bane and you play Melton more. And if Bledsoe does stick around and he's in a backup role, then Bledsoe over Allen's a big upgrade as well. This is a tough one to judge. Taking the Grayson Allen um, threat away from Taylor Jenkins is a positive. The downgrade from Adams to Valentunas is a negative, but if that means that we get more Jaron Jackson at center, more Xavier Tillman minutes there, they've got guys that can replace it. So overall, what they do with Bledsoe is going to be key. Is it addition by subtraction by losing Grayson Allen? Probably. I would say the Grizzlies probably stayed about neutral. Maybe they got a little bit worse, but they could get better through subtraction. And you have to see what happens still with Eric Bledsoe. The Miami Heat. I do think that the Miami Heat got better. Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris. right. Lowry is an upgrade over Kendrick Nunn. A significant upgrade over Kendrick Nunn. And they brought back Victor Oladipo, but he's not going to play, even if he does play. Is Victor Oladipo at this point even better than Max Struess? I know that feels like an outrageous statement, and he probably is if he was healthy, but he's not healthy. and I don't think he's ever going to be healthy. So, yeah, that's not something I factor in, but they lose Dragic, Archua, Nunn, Igadala, Bialitza. Lowry, Tucker, Morris. I think overall it's an upgrade. Lowry over Dragic is an upgrade. Lowry over Dragic and Nunn is probably still an upgrade. Tucker over Achua, Igadala, Bielica is an upgrade. And then Morris in, in that mix too. So I do think Miami ended up getting better. They did lose you know, th- three solid rotation players in Dragic, Nunn, and Iguodala. And They brought in three solid rotation players in Lowry, Tucker, and Morris. And you know, that you're hoping for a step up from a guy like um, uh, Max Struess that I just mentioned or even Kaziok Parler or an Irma Yurtseven to maybe, maybe take that backup spot away from Dwayne Dedman as a backup center. The Milwaukee Bucks. In comes George Hill, Grayson Allen, Shemi Ojale, and Rocket Rodney Hood. I am not sure that Hood even plays every night. I've been really impressed with Jordan Wara. Um, Allen should be able to get some backup minutes there that replaces Bryn Forbes' role, which is fine. He's not going to get overplayed, hopefully. Um, George Hill probably comes into that rotation there to replace what was happening earlier on with uh, DJ Augustine in that in that position. They lose PJ Tucker. They lose uh, Jeff Teague, which is actually great. Bryn Forbes, Sam Merrill, and Justin Jackson. So George Hill coming in is an upgrade over Teague, but losing P.J. Tucker hurts. They have... Um, it, maybe they can bring in Paul Millsap to fill that role, which I think could be an interesting move. And Grayson Allen is an upgrade over Forbes and Merrill. But overall, they probably get marginally worse by losing P.J. Who, P.J. had his struggles in the playoffs, and he's an offensive zero And they bring back Bobby Portis. And I think their team's going to be fine in the regular season. But maybe Tucker in the playoffs, maybe that's a bit of a loss that that is tough. We'll see. I think they got marginally worse. Not massively, but marginally. Maybe losing Jeff Teague is addition by subtraction as well. The Minnesota Timberwolves. The artist formerly known as Torian Prince comes in. Nathan Knight comes in. Prince has a chance, I guess, to start at the four. I think they'd still rather start uh, Jaden McDaniels there, but... Prince isn't very good, so hopefully they don't start him there. Knight really liked what I saw from him in Atlanta. Good development project. They lose Rubio and Ed Davis, and they still haven't resolved the situations with Jared Vanderbilt or Jordan McLaughlin. At this point, they do not have a backup point guard. Do they want Jared Culver to run that full-time? Is Malik Beasley going to run backup point guard? They don't have a backup point guard, so I think they need to bring McLaughlin back and have him as a full-time backup point guard because they don't have anyone there. Vanderbilt... Should be still playing some backup center minutes and backup power forward minutes. You're going to get Nas Reid playing some of those minutes as well, but that situation is not up, is not resolved. Do they get better? I don't think so. Prince for Rubio is a downgrade in terms of on-court play. I know contracts and that play into it. I'm not sure that that makes them better. They're banking, of course, on internal improvement though. The New Orleans Pelicans, they bring in Jonas Valanciunas, Devontae Graham, Thomas Sadaransky and Garrett Temple. So some pretty solid names there who I would say all four of those guys will be in the rotation. Balanchunas should start at center. Devontae Graham should start at point guard. Sadoransky and Temple should get backup wing minutes on this team. Um, They lose two starters, of course. Three starters, actually. Lonzo, Steven Adams, and Eric Bledsoe. They also lose James Johnson and Wazwundo, and they we don't know what's happening with Josh Hart. He's restricted free agency, is still up in the air. I would imagine they're going to start Graham and Alexander Walker. Although if Hart returns, he could start the Valanciunas for Adams uh, change is an upgrade. James Johnson maybe his rotation spot gets taken by draft pick Trey Murphy as a better shooter, worse defender. Um, Lonzo is a uh, Devonte Graham for Lonzo is a downgrade. Alexander Walker for Bledsoe is probably an upgrade, even though Alexander Walker didn't come in. New coach, we don't know how Willie Green's going to go there. I think overall they probably got worse, but not in a big way. The Lonzo Devontae one is is a downgrade, but I think most of their other ones, you know, losing Bledsoe is an upgrade, losing Valentiu- uh, losing Adams is an upgrade for, for Valentinus, so I think that helps in uh, in that respect. The New York Knickerbockers. Oops. I think I brought the wrong wrong screen up there for New York. Yes, that is the wrong screen. Unless did I do... Oh, don't tell me I screwed it up. I did. Where is the New York Knicks in screen? I'll be back in a second. All right, so that's the New York Knicks in screen. Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, and the chart Dwayne Bacon. I don't know why they signed him. They don't even have a roster spot for him, so that's an intriguing move. Isn't is a big upgrade for the Knicks, I think. Yeah, you know, I was critical of some of their early free agency moves by, I think, overpaying for Newlands Noel, overpaying a little bit for Derrick Rose. But they bring in Walker and Fournier, who should be their starting one or two, and bringing in Kemba Walker at that price to replace Alfred Payton is a huge win. Sure, it's going to keep Emmanuel quickly in a much smaller role this year. Derrick Rose will be pushed back into a role that suits him better. And then Fournier over Reggie Bullock, I think he's an upgrade. Now, it does hurt your defense a little bit, but offensively, they needed someone to take some shock creation responsibility away from Julius Randle. So I think it's a, an upgrade. They lose Bullock. And that hurts a bit. They lose Alfred Payton, Frank Nielakina, Norval Powell. Who gives a shit? Really? So this is, a, I, I think, a big, big upgrade from the Knicks. Um, really, really uh, positive stuff. And again, they were the four seed last year. Maybe it was a lucky four seed, but they still were the four seed. They should be back in that four to seven mix again, or four to six mix. Maybe four, Maybe three? Can I get to the third spot? It's, a po- it's possible. That's a big, big upgrade from the Knicks. Really, really impressive. Um, after oh, I didn't like what they did initially, but really good stuff after that. Oklahoma City. We know what they're doing. Um, they're building for the future. They bring in Derek Favors. They lose Al Horford, Moses Brown, Tony Bradley. They lose, unfortunately, it was such so short-lived, Gabrielle Deck. I could barely recognize my own dick. And the restricted free agency of Svi Mihailuk is still up in the air, undecided. We don't know where Svi is going to sign. Yeah, favours for Horford is a downgrade. Then you lose Brown and Bradley. All your centres are gone. Um, Deck, that's, that's not a big deal by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's really an NBA-caliber player. And Svee, you know, whatever. He's fine, but you got other guys you can bring in there. So overall, they get worse, which is fine for them. But they get more opportunities to develop their younger players, which overall is a win but it doesn't make them better as a team. The Orlando Magic. Very interesting offseason. By offseason in free agency, I mean they didn't do anything. They brought Robin Lopez in to be the third string center behind Mo Bumba and Wendell Carter Jr. They also should be getting John Isaac back. They should be getting uh, Markel Fultz back at some point this season in the first month or so, I would guess. They lose Otto Porter Jr., who barely played for them. James Ennis. Maybe he comes back, but he's not signed now. The sharp Dwayne Bacon, addition by subtraction. Chase and Randall, Sindarius Thornwell. So while Lopez doesn't really feel a need, I think he's still an upgrade over the guys they lost, plus they brought in good draft picks and um, injury returns. So I think they end up overall being better. Their free agency is probably a little bit neutral and uninspiring. But you know, losing Dwayne Bacon or cutting Dwayne Bacon in free agency, I think is a uh, pretty large win. Let's talk Philadelphia 76ers. Now, this could change because Ben Simmons could be dealt by the time you're watching this show or listening to this podcast. That's possible. But at this stage, they've brought in Andre Drummond and George Nyang to replace Dwight Howard and Mike Scott as the backup 4-5. Drummond will not play with Joel Embiid, hopefully. Um, His role is obviously much smaller. He's still going to be an absolute pain in the ass um, to watch. Hopefully, he curbs his usage in this situation. There's no guarantee that happens. Um, they also lose George Hill, who didn't really contribute for them much last year. And I would imagine they just expect Tyrese Maxey to move into that spot. Overall, it's a relatively neutral offseason so far for Philadelphia. I don't think they got worse. I don't think they got better. But the Simmons cloud still hangs over in terms of what they're going to do. The Phoenix Suns. In comes JaVale McGee, Landry Shamet, and Lord Alfred Payton. Now, Payton comes in as the third string point guard. Hopefully he can't do too much damage there. JaVale McGee comes in to be the backup center ahead of Frank Kaminsky and with Dario Saric out for the year. I think that's a win. Shamit Fakata is offense for defense. And he can take some of those minutes that say Etuan Moore, Langston Galloway were playing last year. So I think overall it's solid enough. They lose Carter, Tory Craig, Ewan Moore, Langston Galloway. The only one that's really important there is Tory Craig. They'd be hoping that Abdul Nadir can step into that role more full-time. And Craig wasn't with them all season, but he had some key moments in the playoffs. I guess that's somewhat of a worry. I would say you know, the big thing was bringing back Cameron Payne and Chris Paul, and they did that. Overall, they they maybe get marginally worse just by losing Tory Craig. But the upgrade from uh, Kaminsky to McGee, at that backup center spot, I think is is important. Um, so yeah, overall, they're pretty neutral in terms of value. The Portland Trailblazers, we know, yeah, Damian Lillard, the report is, oh, he wants to see what they do in free agency. Can they be a title contender? And their moves would tell me they have no intention of getting better at all, or no one wants to come there. They bring in Cody Zeller, Tony Snell, and Ben McLemore. Backup center, Tony uh, Cody Zeller. Tony Snell and Ben McLemore to be backup wings. They lose Carmelo Anthony, and his Cantor, Harry Giles the third, Ronda Hollis-Jefferson as well, not on this team anymore. Maybe he returns. Um, that is one of the wettest farts of an offseason, I think, that you will see. Zeller for canter is probably an upgrade, at least defensively it is, and their, their bench defense was horrendous. McLemore doesn't really help that. Snell helps that a little bit, and Snell provides some of the best shooting in the league based on his numbers last season, of course. Tony Snell hasn't missed a free throw in over two seasons by the way, doesn't take any, but hasn't hasn't missed one. He takes something like 30 a year, 40 a year, but hasn't missed some, hasn't missed any. And Macklemore's a solid enough guard there. So overall, while it's not great, it's not, wow, mind-blowing, and it's going to make them a title contender because it doesn't at all. I don't think it even makes them in the best four teams in the West. It might even not even make them in the best eight teams in the West. But it does have a slight improvement by giving some value to defense on that bench, which they didn't have before we'll see what happens with Chauncey Billups as a first-time coach, what what he can uh what he can get them to do. The Sacramento Kings, they have like six centers on their roster now. So I'm not 100% sure what they're doing. They lose one center in Hassan Whiteside. The world. So that's obviously a win, but they bring in Tristan Thompson and Alex Lynn along with signing Nimiya Kater to a two-way and bringing back Rashawn Holmes and having Marvin Bagley and having Chemezi Metu. So while yeah Thompson is better than Whiteside, why do we need both Thompson and Len? I have no idea. Losing DeLon Wright, I think he's huge. Yes, they did bring in Davion Mitchell to be the third point guard on this team. Um, But overall, just based on free agency, I think they get worse. The best player in that group is DeLon Wright and they lost him. And the, Trist- the Tristan Thompson-Alex-Len combo is very much doubling up. And I don't really understand the point of it. The San Antonio Spurs. Thad Young is a good acquisition for them. They also bring in the Chief, the original um, the original one of these. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Al Farouk Aminu. They bring in Doug McDermott. They bring back Bryn Forbes. They bring in Zach Hollins, who probably doesn't play this season. And they bring in Chandler Hutchison as well, who's probably not going to be a rotation guy. So, you know, do they get better? Uh, I'd say almost definitely not. Young is an interesting guy who'll be a rotation player, probably starts. McDermott, off the bench, solid enough. Forbes, I don't think very good. Collins won't play. Hutchison won't play. Aminu won't play. They lose DeMar DeRozan. They lose Rudy Gay. They lose Gorgie Jing, They lose Paddy Mills. Trey Lyles, Kater uh, Bates, Diop as well. Now, as much as I don't love the DeRozan fit in San Antonio, he's much better than any of those players they brought in. Well, maybe he's not better than Thad Young, but that's a discussion for another day. But what it does help them do is give more responsibility to the offensive player. So again, maybe it's addition by subtraction. Their record will probably be worse, but it helps to bring some of these other guys on. Again, moving Rudy Gay on helps guys like Calden Johnson. Gorgie Jeng, yeah, fine. Yeah, he was really solid as a backup center, but Drew Eubanks can fill that role. Losing Paddy Mills hurts. But again, it just helps some of these younger guys, Lonnie Walker, Josh Primo, uh, to get some uh, more experience there. So I think overall they got worse, but it is moving in the right direction for San Antonio, which is, uh, I think, what you want to do. The Toronto Raptors, they bring in the iron shoulder, Goran Dragic. They bring in Precious Atua, and they bring back, for God knows what reason, Mr. White Pride, Sam Decker. Um, Yeah, they got worse, Think that's without doubt. Um, and I've just yeah, they they got worse. Um Dragic looks like he will be staying in Toronto. Achua probably is going to be their backup center, sharing some of that time with Chris Boucher, the wiki. They lose Kyle Lowry, DeAndre Bembry, Stanley Johnson, Jalen Harris, Aaron Baines, Rocket Rodney Hood, Paul Watson. So yeah, Bembry Johnson. They were playing on the wings, okay minutes. There's nothing exciting there. Scotty Barnes as a rookie, will take those minutes. Jalen Harris suspended from the league. I thought he showed some flashes, but he's gone. Aaron Baines struggled. Rodney Hood struggled. Paul Watson struggled. But it's really losing Lowry and replacing with Dragic, which makes them worse marginally. Yeah, Malachi Flynn can step into a larger role. So overall, I think they do get marginally worse, but it's not it's not outrageously worse. Dragic Achua is solid replacements. I think, anyway. The Utah Jazz, they bring in Hassan Whiteside. They bring in Rudy Gay. They bring in Eric Paschal. They lose Derek Favors and I have unforgivably spelt Derek Favors the Australian way of spelling it. That's not how it's spelled. Apologies for that. Yes, Ilyasova and Matt Thomas. Whiteside for Favors. I think Favors is slightly better, but I don't mind that move. Rudy Gay, huge upgrade. Eric Pascal, pretty solid upgrade. I think the Jazz got significantly better in this offseason. And they were the number one team in the NBA last offseason. I think they get significantly better from those moves. And the last team we're going to look at here is the Washington Wizards. And they've got a shit ton to look at here in terms of the moves that they made. Montrez Harrell, the table, he is in. Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Dinwiddie, Contavius Caldwell Pope, Aaron Holiday. And they're in a situation where the minutes are all over the place. They've got three rotation centers, Tom Bryant, Montrezl Harrell, Daniel Gafford. One of those guys probably not going to play every night. Kuzma, there's Bertans, there's Avdia, there's Hachimura. Where does he play? Does KCP start? He probably should. Dinwiddie replaces Westbrook. Holiday might not even be a rotation player at this point. Maybe he's the backup point guard. Maybe he isn't. They lose Westbrook, Smith, Robin Lopez, Alex Len, Garrison Matthews, Chandler Hutchison, and Isaac Bonga. Now, Bonga actually uh, was signed with Toronto as well. So while losing Westbrook is big, getting in Harold KCP, go back to that list, Harold KCP, Kuzma, Dinwiddie, Holiday, I think overall the Wizards get better. They get way more depth. I think that they can be a better team than they were last year by having a team that's better balanced around Bradley Beal without having to force gigantic minutes into players who don't need them, like Rui Hachimura, although they're still probably giving him a lot of minutes. There's many other options there. I think they end up being probably better this year than they were last year, even though they did lose Russell Westbrook. What do you think about teams that got better, got worse? Let me know in the comments below. If you are listening uh, on audio, tweet it at me, rock underscore b-ball. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Ring the notification bell. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.